0: Welcome to episode 89 of the Search with Candle podcast recorded on Monday the 23rd of November 2020. My name is Mark Williams-Cook and today we're going to be talking all about Google Analytics 4, the new GA4 and we're going to be going into the paradigm shift it's bringing about in analytics and we're really fortunate to be joined by two excellent guests to lead me through this we've got Simu Ahava, very well known analytics and google tag manager expert who's got a blog has been helping people for years uh, provides loads of tools for GTM and tutorials And we're also very fortunate to be joined by Krista Seiden, who actually worked at Google for seven years on Google Analytics. So incredibly knowledgeable, a couple of people to help us answer your questions and answer my questions on GA4. This episode of Search with Candor is very kindly sponsored by our friends at SiteBulb. SiteBulb is a desktop based SEO auditing tool for Windows and Mac. Uh, They've sponsored very kindly quite a few episodes now. It's a tool I've used for a long time. We use it in the agency. If you haven't heard of it, it's an incredible bit of software to help you with your SEO auditing. I tend to every episode just have a chat about one specific part of Sitebulb and today I'm going to talk to you about the kind of stuff they do around duplicate content. So duplicate content as you know as SEOs uh, can be problematic especially on larger sites and traditionally when you use other tools to do a crawl of a site one of the ways I've seen people very quickly spot this is they might just look at a kind of a page and sort by title and see where you've got things like duplicate titles because that's a really good kind of guess as to where you may have duplicate content really cool thing about Sitebulb though is it will break it down further for you and looks a lot more in depth at things you could otherwise miss so when it does a duplicate content report for you it will report separately on things like pages where you have duplicate titles of course duplicate meta descriptions duplicate header ones so all of those things um will hint that okay you've got two pages here and they're kind of targeting the same thing but what it also does independently of that is actually looks at the content and html so it will alert you if you have two pages that are very very similar in content even if they have different urls and i found this is really good at handling some kind of edge cases with different platforms clients have been using so maybe not common off the shelf like wordpress or magento kind of stuff where they can have pages generated with different titles but actually the act, the content's exactly the same so it's almost like a little copy scape you've got built into Sitebulb. Um, it's a really great bit of kit does great um, audits as we've said before prioritizes them gives you feedback on all the issues They've got a deal for Search With Candor listeners. So if you go to sitebulb.com forward slash SWC, you can get a special 60-day free trial of Sitebulb, no credit card required. So it's sitebulb.com forward slash SWC. Go and check it out. So as I said, today, we are very lucky to be joined by two very special guests. So firstly, we have Simu Ahava, who is partner and co-founder at 8 Sheep and Google developer expert for Google Analytics and Google Tag Manager. Welcome, Simu.
1: Hey, hey. Thanks for having me.
0: And we also are very lucky to be joined by Krista Seiden, who is founder and principal consultant at KS Digital. And you actually used to work at Google as a project manager for Google Analytics. Is that right, Krista?
2: Yeah, I was at Google for almost seven years as both the evangelist for Google Analytics and a product manager for Google Analytics. It was was a lot of fun.
0: So I don't think we really could have had two better guests for this podcast to talk about GA4. Uh, So Seema, just do you mind giving us a very quick introduction to yourself for those that haven't heard of you? I mean, you're certainly known even within our agency. I know people refer to your GTM tutorials. Uh, You're referenced. uh, I don't know if you even know on some of the episodes we've done, especially when I need help decoding what's going on with the latest version of ITP um and you've done some really great breakdowns and helped me understand that do so you want to just tell a little bit about kind of your history and what you're interested in and and who you are
1: uh a little bit of oh man this is so difficult um <laughs> well um yeah i'm i'm a i'm a developer uh, i've worked as a developer for for many years now um spe- specializing in analytics since the early versions of Google Analytics, um, I, I like to think of myself as a hobbyist first and foremost. I don't necessarily enjoy doing this stuff for a living, but I do love it when I get to write about it in blogs and, and talk about it in podcasts and present it in conferences. So I'm I'm very, um, very much just curious about about software development and and what data has got to do with that, and and over the recent years also about about privacy and and how web browsers and and mobile devices are, are trying to level the playing field when it comes to using user data. Um, that's about it in a nutshell. I think I'm, I'm not going to start boring people with my job history, but <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a very, I, I love to code and I, I love to talk about that stuff. And, I, and analytics has always been a passion project of mine.
0: Brilliant. And I think privacy is something we will talk about as well when it yeah. comes to GA4. And uh, Krista tell us about yourself.
2: Yeah, so I've been around the analytics industry for probably about 12 plus years at this point. Um, it's definitely, you know, as Simo said, a, a passion project for me, um, although I do also enjoy doing it for work. Um, so yeah, it's kept me busy over the years. I've been in several different organizations. as like Adobe in the early days and then on to a few other places before being at Google. And now I run my own analytics consultancy. It's uh, It's been a lot of fun along the way. And I would say kind of two to my core, I'm a practitioner, and analyst. That's how I approach analytics. And uh, yeah, that's that's a little about about me.
0: Brilliant. This is really exciting because a couple of episodes ago, we were speaking to a very friendly chap called Roman Sadowski, who's head of SEO at Smith's Toys. They get in the tens of millions visitors a month. And we were talking about how they were using analytics to optimize different aspects of their e-commerce business and helping them out with SEO. And we, we got onto the conversation that as an agency, we've, we've spoken to, uh, clients before, or potential clients who are very big companies, and sometimes they don't even have the most basic web analytics Mm -hmm. setup. So we gave this example a couple of weeks ago, spoke to a very well-known global brand and they wanted to uh, improve their leads and do this and that. And we got into their analytics and nothing was set up in terms of events Mm -hmm. and goals. And, you know, when you're working at the level where both of you obviously are, you you see this, it's a bit like, wow, (laughs) I, I, you know, I can't believe that, well, nothing's going on behind the scenes here and all all of this value is left on the table. Um, well, oh, you, once...
2: you see it more than you want to, than you want to mm. believe, actually.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, the, my question to you is: so we've had this kind of GA four was announced. Uh, I think it's the fourteenth of October on the the Google blog officially, and we've enabled it on a few uh, profiles. And I think many people like me who have gotten very used to using. Uh, Google Analytics over the last decade or so it's quite a shock when you first log into g a four um and I can imagine some people in a in a similar boat are almost like, "Oh no, this is another big thing I've got to learn right because it looks really different when you first log in what What are your first words of advice for people in this situation?
2: Yeah, I mean, it does look really different when you log in. Um if you've played with app and web at all over the last year and a half, it's the the next iteration of that. So, you know, you have a foot uh, a footstep up if you've uh, been playing there, but if you haven't and GA4 is your first look into this new way of doing analytics, it's definitely going to look different. The schema is totally different, the way you collect data is different, the way it's processed is different, the way the reports look is different. Uh, what's available is different, and so yeah, it is definitely something new to learn. Um, I'd suggest trying to find the things that look familiar and start from there, to really help reduce some of the overwhelming anxiety that it might, you know, it might bring to try something completely new. But I do think there's a lot of really great resources out there already from people who are trying to help you bridge that gap. So I think that's that's the good news, but definitely something new to learn.
1: The I think the for people getting started and just trying to figure out what what to do first for example and, and not be too overwhelmed i think there's there's kind of two things about ga4 that really make it spectacular is that when you compare it to google analytics the the base snippet like the thing that you know the long tail of the websites of the world just have that and nothing else it doesn't really do anything it just collects the page view and and populates some metrics um, but it doesn't give you the the events and the goals that you mentioned. GA4, on the other hand, has the kind of base packages really complete. It has this enhanced measurement um, mm-hmm. enabled by default, which adds all these um, engagement metrics and and you know video metrics and scroll depth. So it gives you you can be you can be you know I, I'm I'm brave enough to say this that you can actually be complacent here. You're you're allowed to just install the base stuff. And let it collect data for a while, get used to the new data model, get used to the new reports without having to worry your your head about, you know, the new event event schema or even BigQuery or any of these other tools that GA4 has. So you, you can start really, you can start um, really easily. Just, just put the base stuff there and, and allow it to do its magic.
2: Yeah, that's a great point. I do think that getting started with GA4 is a lot easier than getting started with Universal Analytics.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. So it's really interesting what you're saying about that um, better granularity of data you're getting with the base snippet. In Google's uh, announcement about GA4, they gave, they outlined several reasons uh, why they're moving to this product. So the first one they gave was Google said there's been major shifts in consumer behavior and privacy driven changes to long-time industry standards and current analytics are not keeping pace. And I'd be really interested, what are your opinions on, firstly, what are those changes in consumer behavior? And what are the privacy driven changes that Google Analytics uh, GA4 is tackling?
1: I'm I'm just going to veto myself out of this because I, I have no idea what <laughs> I have no idea what Google means when it uses those words in their blog posts. I have no idea what what consumer behavior and what a shift in the in the market space is. So somebody smarter than me will have to explain those gobbledygook stuff <laughs> to me.
2: Oh, man, I was going to say this one's got your name written all over it. <laughs> um, I think the changes in consumer behavior they're talking about are really cross-device uh, enabled. So how you report on users moving from you know desktop to app and vice versa, uh, where GA4 really focuses on tying that user identity across devices. So I think that's one of the things that they're getting at there. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of privacy, you know, of course, there's so many new regulations that have degraded you know, what we can report on as analysts in terms of the cookie and all of that. And Simo, this is where I look to you because, Mm. uh, you know, you put so much time and thought into that side of things. Um, But GA4 really is looking to enhance that. They've got a plan for the future around how they'll use, you know, modeling and, um, you know, various predictive behaviors to be able to fill some of those gaps.
1: Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's, it's very difficult to actually um, um, enact, Privacy well in the older versions of Google Analytics, like being able to um, do data deletion requests, um, data access requests, um, being able to um, you know apply consent, uh, di- different varying levels of consent. It's very difficult to do that with GA. And rather than retrofitting that stuff into Universal Analytics, they've, Google has been able to build. GA4 from the ground up to have these APIs that give you far more access to data um, and governance and, and accountability. I mean, it's still not perfect. It's still, Google is still a global player and it's very difficult to get the nuances of all the possible different privacy legislations encoded without overwhelming the user. But it does have, the data model itself has been built in a way that allows um, you to kind of access the data uh, from a privacy perspective as well in, in, in very different ways.
0: I've certainly, from an agency point of view, seen lots of companies uh, struggling to keep up with what they can and what they can't do um, in terms of privacy and in terms of things like cookies and which cookies are classified as what and exactly Mm -hmm. what can and can't be set before they've clicked on this and whether this needs to be a you know an active opt-out or opt-in I know that's caused a lot of confusion especially for in-house marketers where they maybe deal with these situations like once as opposed to agencies that are helping Mm -hmm. lots of clients I did see there are and you you both mentioned there in GA4 these more granular data controls and possibilities around deletion, um, which are really helpful. One thing that particularly interested me, and I don't know if either of you can expand on this, um, is this cookie-less approach, um, which has to do with Google saying that in situations where they haven't got these cookies set, they can use modeling to fill in those gaps. Can you give any kind of insight or explanation as to what that means and the potential of that?
1: Uh, we we can but then we will have to kill you <laughs> no i i think the um Deal. your, your, your uh, what you just said is about as as much as, as as i think we can talk about it i mean there is the 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 constant mode which is now in beta and and it's any it's available for anyone to implement it right now the the question is that it's not particularly clear what happens to those cookie-less pings because they're not surfaced in the reports they, they might appear in real time for a while, but that's likely something that will be cleared out at some point. So there's no official word about what they will actually do with that data set, apart from these terms like modeling and and um, machine learning being thrown around. And I, I personally think it's a bit worrying. I mean, it's it's kind of counterintuitive that you have a privacy-first approach that collects data that's not actually accessible. So I, I kind of really, I really hope that Google... Um, pushes forward with the documentation and the and the PR around consent mode because for right now it's it's marketed as a developer tool but I think that it needs to kind of um, expand from that to to cover the entire application and have all the proper documentation that that we as users um, are demanding
0: as, as an opinion actually for, for both of you do you think analytics wise we are heading towards a future with less and less cookies?
2: I mean, I think that's inevitable in terms of where the industry is going. I think the the big question that's been on everyone's minds for a few years now is how fast will we get there? I, You know, cookies going away is a big deal. The internet relies on them. So I, I do think that there's a lot of pieces that have to fall in place before that is really truly, you know, a thing across the board. That being said, I do think tools like GA4 are starting to think about what that future looks like and how they can try to fill in the gaps
1: yeah yeah I think that's a that's a really good <clears throat> good way to frame it it's um the the one thing that I always like to say when when this comes up is that we obviously we're focusing on cookies being taken away and and we as analysts feel like um people working with first party analytics first and foremost so so you know web behavior and app behavior, I think we feel like we're being collateral damage here in the browsers and and legislation's attack on the big players and attack on the cross-site tracking stuff. And I think that um, we focus a lot on things being taken away from us that I think we might forget that it's not just about things being taken away from us, but new APIs and new browser tools are being introduced that will let us keep collecting data but they will just do it in a way that's more friendly to the natural imbalance between user privacy and what companies want so i'm i'm we're definitely looking at a, at a future where cookies themselves have have degraded to a point of maybe being completely useless but we might also be looking at a future where this technology has to be replaced with something else that gives us back the quality of data that we want um uh, without sacrificing uh, users' right to their own data,
0: Krista, a double-barreled question for you. Um, you, I think you, I think you, hit it on the nose there when you talked about um, decoding what Google was saying about changing user behavior and uh, this. This things like cross-device tracking and people being more comfortable, you know, using a site on their desktop and then mobile and, and back. And you mentioned that GA4 is this evolution of the web and app uh, property beta that, that Google introduced. And I was just wondering, is, is there anything actually significantly different or any other uh, features that have come since this web and app property beta now compared to GA4 and is I hear GA4 being described a lot in the language Google is using as more user-centric approach to analytics is that mainly what we're referring to this cross-device nature so we're more focused on the the user rather than the the session if you like
2: yeah I I think that's part of it Um, and to be clear GA4 is really a a rebranding of app and web um, there's there's no baseline difference of the tool itself. But when they did rebrand uh, to Google Analytics 4, they also released a set of new features that had been in the works for a while. So I do think that there are a lot of new things in GA4 that you didn't see in app and web that make it very, very exciting. A couple of my favorites are the ability to modify and create events within the user interface, to set up cross-domain tracking within the user interface, both of these things are things that you couldn't do previously in Universal Analytics, and they've made it so easy that you can do it in the UI without having to write code, which I love. Um, and then there's also an added uh, focus around security, right? So we talked a bit about you know privacy and how this tool has been made for that, but it's also taken a focus on security in terms of you know some of the things that people loved in one of the things that you people loved in Universal Analytics was the measurement protocol. And for the life of the app and web beta, you heard a lot of feedback as to, you know, where's my measurement protocol? How can I send data to GA offline? And when GA4 finally released, they released the measurement protocol with it, which includes an API secret key, which allows you to actually... Um, make that call specific to what you're doing so that other people can't spam the data coming into your analytics properties, which is a huge step up in terms of mm-hmm. the data quality that you're getting in Google Analytics for. So while it's not you know, entirely different from App and Web, it really is the same baseline product, product. It has built on it significantly over the last month with a lot of new features being released that are looking really exciting for the future
1: and Apples plus web is an iteration of firebase analytics right Krista? correct yeah yep. so we we're, we're looking at like a, a third generation of a, of an analytics tool already in a, in a in a in a sense the um,
0: the ease of cross-domain measurement, I'm sure, is going to be a relief to a <laughs> lot of people, having yeah. wrestled with that myself a few times and going through various iterations of testing before it definitely, definitely worked. Mm. <laughs> um, and yeah, that was an interesting discovery with the measurement protocol. I remember when I discovered that, that it was possible for me just to kind of put events into people's analytics mm. <laughs> for them that I had no, obviously, connection to. Um, so that's a welcome change as well. Uh, the last, the last point on uh, Google's blog post around the release of GA4 and why this is, you know, why this is a good thing was around machine learning and return on investment and in terms of machine learning, we've had these kind of insights popping up within U- Universal Analytics for a while and they're pretty helpful. Like, And I can see how they're less brittle than trying to set up your own custom alerts. You know, is this product popular? Has the traffic gone up? And um, so I, I, I can see how, you know, machine mm. learning is helpful surfacing those. Um, and we talked about um, using modeling to fill in the gaps where cookies are missing. Is there anything else um, that, know i'm not aware of i haven't mentioned there where machine learning is being used in a significant way that's going to benefit us for ga4
2: yeah i think um i think it's really built into the core of ga4 i think google is trying really hard to make it core to how the product operates and the insights that are being shared and i suspect that there's going to be a lot more to come there in the future. I think the intelligence features are, you know, still working out some kinks. Um, I think they've been, you know, building and, and getting better over the last couple of years, first in Universal Analytics and then in App and Web and GA4. But I, I think there's a lot to be seen coming in the future.
1: Yeah, I, I have to say about ML just that, um, and I, I'm not sure we if we're going to go go there in, in this podcast. But one of the the biggest selling points on GA four for me from from day one, since Firebase Analytics and and, and Apples Web, has been the BigQuery export. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 definitely like a um a, for the analytics nerds out there. It's not necessarily for everyone as an entry level product, but we now do have an open doorway to the Google Cloud Platform through BigQuery export. So so this basically means that you have access to a data warehouse where Google Analytics or or GA four daily dumps. A raw set of the that day's data and you can even get almost real-time streaming export as well and the thing that bigquery enables is it opens all these components in the google cloud for you and you can actually start doing really simple machine learning stuff by yourself within bigquery itself so you could, there, there's a bigquery ml tool which lets you model with data that you already have and this is this is super low barrier of entry i mean obviously you need to take a look at a couple of blog posts and a couple of tutorials but um, I think this is another spin on GA4 being an ML-driven tool is that it actually gives you the raw data set that's so fundamental to being able to do this stuff by yourself and get get introduced to the world of, of algorithmic um, um, data processing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That definitely is something that sets GA4 apart from Universal Analytics, yeah. uh, at least the free version.
1: Yeah.
0: So before... We started this podcast, I put out some LinkedIn posts, some tweets asking the SEO and PPC and the general digital community if they have any questions for you both. So I'm just gonna throw these out there uh feel free to you know pick one and whether one of you is better to answer these or not um they're pretty random. <laughs> I filtered them but we'll just we'll just see what we got. Uh, So the first question from the community is from Glenn van der Linden. And he says he would like your view on how GA4 redefines the analytics market, which could previously be seen amongst other point of views as a split between marketing, e.g. Adobe GA, and product analytics, e.g. Mixpanel slash Amplitude.
2: I'll go ahead and jump in here. Um, I've been known to say that I think that over the years, Google has done a pretty poor job of marketing Google Analytics as a tool that can do both marketing analytics Mm -hmm. and product analytics. You could absolutely do product analytics with event tracking and and various other um, features within Google Analytics. I've done it myself as a practitioner, but they didn't market themselves that way. And that left a hole um, or perceived hole in the industry for a lot of additional tools to start marketing themselves specifically as product analytics tools. I think the big difference that GA4 brings is that it actually is that event and parameter data model that most of these other tools also operate on and so it is now directly pushing into that space while also maintaining, you know, Google's power of of the the Google marketing platform and, you know, their ad their ad stack uh, for the marketing side of things. So I think it's a really interesting move where they really could become that tool for all of the teams mm. within, within the company. If, uh, if there's that desire.
0: Brilliant. And second question we have from Seijo George is what are the alternatives you folks recommend over switching to GA four?
1: <laughs> um, well, I, I can I can take a jab at this. I mean, whatever works, <laughs> I think. Um, this is a good time to shop around. Like I'm, um, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in in GA4. I think it's a great tool for many purposes. Um, but if you do want to remove yourself from the Google stack, which I think many companies have the incentive to do. Um, there are lots of tools right now, just so many, and you just need to choose which your what is your focus. Like if you want something that you can build by yourself from scratch, from data collection to processing to reporting and have full control over it, then tools like Snowplow Analytics come to mind for the for kind of the do-it-yourself crew. Um, if you want a more... Like from the ground up, privacy-focused alternative. There are lots of privacy-first analytics tools. There's tools like Matomo or or Piwik, which, in my view, resemble what GA was maybe ten years ago. So they're not from a feature point of view, they're not that interesting. But they do give you the ownership of that of that funnel. But it's this is um this isn't so I'm not dissing the the person asking this but i don't think this is a very good question because we're talking about tools and not what those tools are needed for so i don't recommend anybody switching to ga4 nor do i recommend anybody switching over to snowplow until i know exactly what they what, what their need is and what their purpose is there's no generic recommendations here here to be given and i think that in in my view i think the less you focus on the tool and more on on defining the problem space, um, the easier it will be for you to kind of choose a path for whatever your company wants to do with data.
0: So the right tool for the right job. Yes. I'll I'll add in my own question from that, which is: hmm. Do you do you think it's becoming? Uh, less realistic for companies now to step outside of the Google and Analytics space with all these. Um, so, Krista mentioned, obviously, like the ad stack that's with Google, it plays really nicely with Google Ads, and you know, there's a bit of extra work, isn't there, if you use something like Matomo, mm-hmm. hosting it yourself, trying to get everything to play. Um, do you think that's becoming less of an option now? Is it are the use cases where you might choose these other tools becoming fewer?
1: Well. If it is becoming less of an option, then then it's a very worrying situation because then it speaks to the kind of monopoly antitrust <laughs> claims that have been thrown around. Um, I, I I do think there's still a considerable population um, who are not who don't care about the integrations; they just want to do that first party analytics really well, like behavioral analytics, and they might want to integrate with other tools like you know, let's say Hotjar and um, AB testing tools, um, Chartbeat whatever, and then the mobile stack as well. And for those, they might want a bit more open APIs than, that Google, than what Google can offer, and maybe a bit more um, transparency to what happens behind the scenes after the data is collected than what Google can offer. So I, I don't think there's a... I do think that Google has a very, very alluring stack for the enterprise. I think it's very, very tempting um, to jump in that bandwagon. And I think for enterprises, it's, it really is... Um, it really can be difficult to to think about anything else simply because of those integrations. But they do still represent the short tail of, of analytics users, even though they might have the most dollars.
0: I think that's a very complete and diplomatic answer. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, have a, I have a very specific... Uh kind of help question as well. Um, So this is from Frederick Palella who says, delay in real-time reporting. We see that sales are not properly coming in when looking at today's data. We notice that GA is showing more accurate data when looking at today. The next day GA4 shows the same data as GA, meaning there must be quite some delay in the reporting of GA4. Are we the only ones experiencing this? Uh, for sure, during peak periods like Black Friday, it's crucial to have a good understanding of your data during the day itself. Thanks. So this is a really specific one. I just thought sort I'd of throw that out there, see if anyone can can help out Frederic.
1: Krista, can you please fix that delay? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, I mean, I think there's, there's a couple things to unpack here. I'm not sure if, you know, he's actually experiencing a bug or not. I haven't necessarily seen the same delay, but if you're looking at the actual real-time reporting, um, it's important to know that it actually, it works a little bit different than Universal Analytics. Um, Universal Analytics is showing everything kind of as the hits come in, whereas within GA4, it's actually showing a view of the last 30 minutes. So you're gonna see different data between the real-time reports in terms of what you're actually seeing processed into your, um, you know, processed reports in, uh, either in either property, you know, I think that just really depends on kind of hit volume and how fast those yep. are, are really getting processed into there. Um, and there are SLAs in place that Google has for the free product. It is, um, on the UA side, you know, 24 to 48 hours that you really could expect mm-hmm. that data to come in. Um, and I'm, I'm, not entirely confident, but I, I think the SLAs are probably similar on the GA4 side.
1: Yeah. I think the, the old the old adage of of not trusting today's data is still holds. So I, I wouldn't hang my hat on today's data in the in the standard reports. If you need that good understanding of for periods like Black Friday, then you can enable the streaming export for BigQuery and you'll get almost real-time data there. It's, it's not a, it's a patch, but it's still, it's still raw data and you can, you can build your own data studio reports with it or whatever.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. Oh, sorry. I just had one other thing to add um, on today's data is that, uh, you know, what Simo mentioned is true. It's, it's not, you know, necessarily something that you should always rely on. And part of that has to do with if you're an ads customer, it's got to make that round mm-hmm. trip out to Google ads to see if there's, you know attribution to apply there, um, and and that can take some time as well for you know all of that to process. And so today's today's data, you know, is 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 there, but it's not always complete until the next day.
0: I think this is something that was interesting that always came out of when we did basic Google Analytics uh, training with clients or or people that are new to analytics, talking to them about how that stack worked from the collection point to data being processed to actually the you know the when you actually log in into analytics, this is the final just reporting layer that everything else has already happened. Mm-hmm. And you know, you've once you've set up those views, that's not like a real-time filter you're applying. That's been processed and it it's gone now. Um yeah. and just talking to them about the actual the sheer scale of what's happening in the background and you know, yeah, why the data isn't there, you know, two minutes later, all processed and done, and like you say, Crystal, these round trips done. Um, yeah. So that's a really nice workaround uh, Patrick gave there as well, Simo. So thank you for that. I think that's a, that's a way better answer than I would have given Frederick to just be more <laughs> patient, too <dude. laughs>
1: No, that's a, that's, a, um, that's a good answer as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we've um, you've we've both talked about um, some sort of new features, possibilities within GA4. And I think uh, Vasily Dumas here has asked a question, which I think you can both answer, Which, and we'll keep it maybe to one, which uh, in your opinion, what are the most important Features or the most important feature that Google introduces with GA4 compared to Universal Analytics.
2: All right, I'll I'll go first. Um, I mean, I, I've already mentioned a bunch that are are my favorite, but um, they're they're all my favorites. <laughs> but I think you know, in my opinion, the one that I think is you know the best, not necessarily the best, but the most useful, is actually enhanced measurement. Because I think it opens up the possibility to track a lot more data out of the box, as Simo mentioned earlier, than has ever been possible before. Meaning that if you are a long tail customer and all you do is implement the GA4 tag on your site, you're getting a lot more meaningful data out of the box. And so while there's a lot of fancy new features that provide a lot of additional options, I think it's really great that the baseline of data is being um, bolstered within GA4 with enhanced measurement.
1: My my pick is kind of um not specifically f- so I'm I'm bending the rules it's not specifically a feature but it's a, a <laughs> fundamental part of the platform so the just the shift to an event based model rather than a session based model. I is, knew you were is, gonna say that. <laughs> it's, it's just super. It's just so fundamental. So so having an event or a hit as the core aggregation metric rather than a session is just so. Um, it's so important considering the future of GA4 because it, it, it enables Google to take like really brave forays into something that's beyond the session. We don't know what that might be yet, but but the session itself has now become kind of a fleeting concept. It's just a parameter on a hit rather than on universal analytics. It's the core aggregation bucket. You, you can't do anything without sessions. In fact, if you want to do something with raw data, you first have to unravel those sessions into raw data. So it's... Um, it's, it's it's so significant, and um, I'm, I'm not sure if people have yet grasped how significant this is for Google's analytics tools, because it really underlies the entire roadmap as well, not just what we see today in the reports.
0: I certainly haven't grasped how how big of that change is yet, <laughs> to be okay, honest. Then, so, then, I was, then, then I
1: wasn't dramatic enough.
0: You know, <laughs> so I actually had a question for you later on, which was, um, again, for, for either of you, because I again, I've mm-hmm. been reading up about the, the differences and... The, yeah the fundamental thing is this event data model has has changed do you either of you kind of want to give a little bit more of a, a beginner's intro as to how how and why that's changed and what how that affects implementation because I think lots of marketers that have been using g app until so now are very familiar like you say with okay sessions what do we do on the website we've got categories actions labels yet yeah, okay we'll make these goals it's all very you know that's embedded in what we do so how should we be thinking about this i think i did see um i did see a quote when i was uh reading some other things you'd written Seema, about how you didn't accept that we you know we should have this old event model and we should be open-minded to this completely new approach
2: yeah maybe i'll, I'll start with a high level and simo can jump in with uh, more detail um so you know in in Universal Analytics, you have, as you mentioned, page views, sessions, all of those kind of things, and you have events, which are a unique combination of category, action, and label. And you can have implementations with hundreds or even thousands of these events because every click that you want to track, every interaction that you're tracking with events, is a unique combination of those three dimensions. Um, I myself have done a lot of implementations with, you know, so many events. And this paradigm really flips itself on its head in GA4 where events are now reusable names, right? So you might have something like a property booking app, like say like a booking.com or hotels.com, and somebody searches for a property on there. And when they go to actually view that property, you could send an event called view property, uh, for example. And you would send that exact same event called view property for every event that they're viewing but you would have parameters to differentiate what they're actually viewing. So you'd have a parameter of property name with a value of that actual property name, Uh, a parameter of property rating, again, with the the value that's being collected and the parameters are what is going to distinguish that. And I think what's really important and needs to be grasped by people is that there are now new limitations around the number of events that you can have. So in the free tool right now, I think it's 500 unique events that you can have. And if you're thinking in the mindset of universal analytics, where you just had a a unique combination for everything you wanted to do, you're gonna very quickly run out of those unique event names. And so you really have to take some time and rethink how you wanna go about using your event tracking. But once you do that, I think the possibilities, as you know, Simo has mentioned a few times now, are significantly greater in terms of what you can do, and all of a sudden, you have a much more structured data set that you can now model on. For example,
1: that was a, that was a really difficult question, and I can't imagine answering it any better. So I'm, well, I'm, gonna, I'm <laughs> not going to go any deeper.
0: I really appreciate the honesty here as well, because we've got two people that really know <laughs> analytics inside out. So I'm, I'm glad we're getting we're getting yeah. feedback like I, this. So. Yeah. It, if anything, more more importance as well on on making these measurement plans, like you say, and carefully working out what it is you're trying to track rather than just keep adding events on the end of yeah. what you're doing. As I've seen so many ha- times happen in GA login and what's this event? Oh, I can't can really remember what that one was and what's, <laughs> what's this one? Um, I'll jump back in. I've got one more question uh, from the community around segmentation, which is how does GA4 handle segmentation and is it likely to limit the amount of in-depth analysis possible.
2: Go for it, Simo. <laughs> uh,
1: oh, oh dear! Oh dear! Um, <laughs> 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 so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna mention the analysis hub here. Um, yeah. So GA4 does let you filter tables, and it gives you tools to build audiences. So it's it it revolves around the concept of an audience, where where you can um, kind of similar to how segments work in in. In Universal Analytics, you can you can choose to show data in a table based on an audience, for example. But um, I'm not entirely certain that's where the cool stuff happens. Like segmentation is absolutely fundamental to Universal Analytics. It's it's what makes it tick. It's the way that you take the session based model and start kind of building these really complicated questions around it. So it's it's an absolute necessity in UA. Whereas in in GA4, again because You don't need these kind of shenanigans to access that hit stream data because it's already there thanks to the event model. Um, The the cool stuff start happening when you start building funnels and when you start building pathing. and For that, you need to use the analysis hub which, just as a little sidetrack, if I'm not mistaken the analysis hub was a feature of universal analytics as well but restricted to paid accounts right yeah um, yeah That's so correct. again one of these things that we have been afforded for free now um, so I, so I'm, I'm throwing the term analysis hub out there I'm waiting for Krista to pick it up and, and <laughs> do something cool with it because this is this is her one of her little children as well
2: Um, Yeah, it is one of my little children. You mentioned pathing. It's near and dear to my heart. Um, When I became a product manager on Google Analytics, it was well known within the Google Analytics team that one of my goals internally was to kill all of the flow reports within Universal mm. Analytics, uh, because in my opinion, they're pretty terrible. Uh, apologies to anyone who uses those. <laughs> um, and because I uh, said that so often, I got handed the task of rethinking what pathing actually looked like. And so uh, pathing in the analysis hub was definitely uh, you know my baby. I helped build the first versions of that and um you know i'm biased here obviously Mm -hmm. but i think it's a pretty decent tool for actually starting to see how users are going through your site Um, and i think it's a really exciting enhancement specifically to ga4 it's not available in universal analytics i've had personally multiple clients who have told me like this is a really cool thing i'm really interested in it how do i get it universal and my answer is consistently well you're gonna have to Mm -hmm. start using ga4 to be able to actually use this and it's one of those features that are really enticing enough that has gotten people to start to look into GA four more.
0: Wow, we've it, covered a lot already. I've got more questions from the community, but I'm going to cut it there because we've already got to 40 minutes. And just, just tell me, tell me one thing:
1: did did yeah. nobody ask? Are we going to get motion charts in <laughs> GA four? <laughs> I I didn't have that. No. Okay. <laughs> is that something you've been asked a lot or? No, no, I, I don't. I, I I I think I'm the first person in the history to utter those words uh, when we get motion, motion chart to GA for.
2: I mean, I'm pretty sure there's a great YouTube video of Avinash and a few other old school GAers singing about motion charts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's
0: definitely something for us to search for then at the end of this. <laughs> Thank you both, Krista, Simo, so much for your time. We've covered loads from Analysis Hub to talking about Events Limits, this whole events-based model, what we can get with the base snippet and some really high-level stuff as to why people might want to think about using GA4. So both, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks Thanks for having us. So we are going to be back in one week's time, which will be Monday, the 7th of December. If you are enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend about it subscribe if you like link to us uh anything helps and i hope you all have a brilliant week bye bye